0: So Murphy was loitering in the halls when I got to class. Come on, I told him. Class has already started. He looked around nervously. I don't know, dude. do you think everyone's still talking about my fight with Gloria? I said, oh yeah, definitely, and he glared at me. Hey, I told him, hey, if you don't go back in there, nobody will ever get over it. Let's go, you can sit with me and Gloria, and I pulled him inside the hexagon before he could argue. Gloria was sitting at her usual desk by the eastern wall, and I dragged him over to the two open desks next to her. Oh, man, you should have seen the look on her face, like I'd smacked her upside the head with a book. It was so satisfying. Um, I smiled at her, and Murphy stared at his shoes. But before she could say anything, Professor Fairweather started class. Oh, and here's where it gets good, you guys, because she started by announcing the topic for the debate. Because of Mr. DeMorgan's absence. Um, look, she has this weird sing song way of speaking. It's really odd. Anyways, because of Mr. DeMorgan's absence, we have chosen Miss Chancellor's choice for the class debate. It will be only a dodge. The library exists ab inferno. The class grumbled a bit, you know, but they didn't exactly complain. But then, without looking at Murphy or me, Gloria raised her hand Yes, Miss Chancellor. Actually, Professor, I believe Murphy's topic gives us more to discuss. So I've changed my mind. I think we should do his topic. And at this, the whole class turns to her with just this look of incredulity. Like, seriously? The short kid two rows ahead of us groaned and shoved a handful of coins at his very smug-looking friend. <laughs> Anyways, the teacher goes, "Um, are you sure? Because it's really a... But Gloria glanced at Murphy, who was bright red and staring at her with these wide doe eyes, <laughs> and said, I'm sure. Is it morally ethical for me to get on the class bets now? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but we didn't have long to consider this new development, because right then there was a knock on the door. An admissions clerk came in with this kid. Well, I say kid. He was probably a Chedian's age. He was definitely an upperclassman. He had these red-rimmed, tired-looking eyes, and was carrying an old patchwork bag that looked at least a few decades old, even though his school uniform looked pristine and brand new. He was pulling at a loose string where it looked like he had sewn the bag back together again at least a dozen times. He reminded me of the last disciple of the man of the book from the old myths. You know, the way he was described. Tall, with a noble air, but a haggard appearance. You know all that, of course, but it really shone through in him. Anyways, the clerk walked right up to Professor Fairweather and said, Hi, this boy's a new upperclassman. And then he looked at the paper in his hand and looked around at us. Um, do we have the wrong room? Oh, yes, I'm afraid you do, she said. We traded rooms with them about a month ago. They're in the Eastern Sector now, along with the First Years and Apprenticeship Department. She turned to me then. Miss Sparks, your brother is in that class, is he not? I nodded. "'Well, could you please escort our new student and introduce him?' I nodded again, and I got up to leave. But Murphy caught my eye here. He had gone really still through the whole exchange. And when I walked the new kid out, he sort of noticed Murphy, I guess, and I I can't explain it. He startled, just briefly, just sort of an, oh, expression before he schooled himself. As he walked by, Murphy glared, and he angled himself in front of Gloria, who was still staring at him, completely enraptured, they knew each other, I think. I didn't get to ask him about it, though. It was a really quiet walk to the upperclassmen's room. I'm not one for small talk, and he seemed too tired to do much of anything but walk. When we got to the classroom, I waved over to a chedian. You guys have a new student, I said. This is, and I started before I realized, you know, I hadn't asked for his name. I turned to him and sort of looked expectantly. Ockham, he said quietly. Ockham Sharp. A and Sparks, my brother introduced himself and ushered him inside before giving me a look like, who is this kid? I just shrugged and made my way back to the classroom. Class was just letting out as I got there. Murphy and Gloria were reluctantly shuffling out into the hall. I was like, wait, you know, like I wanted them to talk. But then Gloria herself turned to him and said, Murphy, I'm really sorry about last week. And he turned to her surprised. Oh, uh, he said he was turning so red. You know, Gloria's very dark, so I couldn't see, per se, but I knew she was blushing, too. Don't worry about it. It wasn't a big deal. No, it was a big deal, she said. I don't think you're stupid. Not at all. I wouldn't fight with you if I thought you were. And when she said that, he gave her this look like she wrote the cyclical book herself, and he seemed to curl right back into his old self with the Cheshire grin and the devil-may-care attitude. He said, Aw, see? I knew you cared. And she huffed and puffed and told him not to let it go to his head. I cut in here. I said, Um, Gloria, there is something else he needs to talk to you about. Right, Murphy? And I looked at him expectantly, and he immediately sobered up. Oh, yeah. Look, something's up with our circuit. You've noticed it too, right? Has your dad said anything to you about weird new officials coming to town or anything? Her expression darkened. He doesn't tell me anything anymore. Not after they caught that first Puritan. He said it's too dangerous for me to know. Huh? Why? Do you know something? Yeah, I said. But you have to promise not to tell your dad. She started to look outraged, so I quickly, quickly tempered that with, "Hey, hey, listen. I like him, but we don't know how much he knows, or if he'd do anything about it, or if he could. Just to play it safe, I want to keep it to ourselves for now. Besides," added Murphy. "'If he doesn't know, it might not be safe for him, to. okay?' "'Yeah, okay,' she said after a moment. "'I swear I won't tell. Now what's going on?' "'Not here,' I told her. "'Meet me at my hexagon at six. "'Just tell your dad you're having dinner at my place. "'Murphy, you too.' "'They both agreed, and we went our separate ways. "'Glory and I to our hexagons the next floor down, "'Murphy to his on the one above. "'So,' I asked her once we were alone, what was that? <laughs> and she was like, what was what? A little dreamily. That whole change of heart you had back in class with the debate. She didn't answer right away. Um, she snorted quietly, looked away from me. She looked embarrassed, so I decided to drop it. But after a moment, she turned back and said, I'm just really glad he's back, Elpie. She's good people, folks, as I said. To lighten the mood, and because I am literally incapable of having a serious heart-to-heart with Gloria Chancellor of all people, I replied, Well, a Chetian will be just heartbroken that you've moved on. And that led to a furious lecture on why she totally wasn't into Murphy, and here is one reasons number one to a thousand why I'm totally wrong. But, you know, I didn't mind. That's Gloria. (laughs) I want that. Someday. Not the heated arguments or the weird love-hate thing they've got going on, but someone who makes me feel deeply, who wants me to stay, who makes me want to stay. You know, I don't really like boys, I don't think, but even so, the idea that there's a girl out there who could make me feel, I don't know, connected, understood, loved even, (laughs) it's a nice prospect. I don't think I'll find that here, though what am I gonna do? Oh well, I'll worry about that later. Until then, Hubris is working late again tonight, and Achetian says Murphy and Gloria are welcome to stay for dinner. They'll be here in an hour or so. I'll fill you in some other time. Bye for now.